Thank you for tuning in to yet another week of this Campy Life podcast. I'm your host, Kay the Rebel. You can find me on only one social media platform, which is Instagram. The podcast page is TCBL Podcast, and my personal page is at Kay the Rebel. Questions, comments, inquiries would like to be a part of the Black-owned business segment or now even would like to be a part of the King's Perspective segment. The email address is this can't single letter B-L-Y-F-E at gmail.com. This is part two of a King's Perspective. Um, and if you did not have the chance to tune into last week's episode, I can just fill you in on what this segment is going to be about. Um, it is inspired by um, Mac, the therapist, who is out of uh, New York. Um, he made a post which inspired me, and it was saying 13 things that he wanted to encourage black men to do more of. I took those 13 things and then kind of compiled 13 questions together so that way I can get a better understanding of black men, how they think, how they feel about certain things, what do they succeed at, what do they struggle with. Um, so, yeah. Here we go. I've been vibing, smoking, riding, diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I got a nail in my tie, but I'm still mobbing. White tee, Glock 9, today how I'm rockin'. Came through beating ass, bitch, you know I'm stylin'. Paint new, rims clean, and I'm touching guala. I like hoes, they get money, sockets in my pocket. Quit lying to a pig, bitch, you not a model. You like Birkin bags, you like bank rolls, you like Ben's Coops, you like Range Rolls. Off to the motherfuckin' liquor store. Black North Face, blue jeans, gold rolls. If baby don't motivate me, then she gotta go. Tryna stay on my toes, that it dodging five. Thank you for tuning in as we continue, well, I continue, um, my new segment called A King's Perspective. Um, shout out to um, Elamine Juma, who was featured on the episode last week. I really appreciate you coming through and being transparent and vulnerable and just also um, giving me like the inspiration to kind of go through with this segment. Um, Thank you very much. And we're continuing the segment today and I am bringing somebody out of retirement who I always admired in the podcasting community. And um, I'm gonna allow him to introduce himself. Hey, uh, my name is uh, Darnell, and I am the co-creator of Talking Greasy, and uh, I've been doing podcasting since 2015, and I stopped in 2020, and uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, you asking for an interview. Oh, I, I, I just had to. I mean... A while back when I did have co-hosts, I, um, you know, we had did like the male species segment and you were a part of that. So I was like, maybe I can get him to like come out of retirement for this one. So if anything, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing um, to do that. And really quick before we dive into um, 
this this segment um tell people where they can find you on social media um i really deleted majority of my social media so the only place you're really gonna find uh, my own material is uh on youtube instagram and on twitter and that is talking green okay uh, talking green. yeah and that is talking greasy okay so i know that when i talk to you about the the segment and you agreed to come on i don't know if you remember but i had showed you that post about you know the 13 things that mac the therapist says that he would encourage black men to do more and based off of those 13 things i've you know um compiled 13 questions to ask you because this is you know obviously with me being um a solo host everything is from a woman's perspective when i'm talking so I'm just like, yeah, it's time to really tap into men and what they think and how they feel. So um, my first question uh, for you, Darnell, is do you set boundaries in your life? Uh, to be honest, uh, no. Mm. And that's why I kind of had to go back in, into hiding because there was no structure, there was no boundaries and so basically, intellectually, I'm drained. Uh, emotionally, I was drained and everything else. So I, I kind of left nothing for myself. And then that's when, uh, you know, I called up a therapist and was like, you know, I need help with X, Y, and Z. And then we uh, moved forward. Wow. You just came like diving right in with the, with the transparency and the, and, and the honesty. So I guess... Um, now, after you went through those life experiences, said you were going to take a break from podcasting or any of the other things you were doing and just reroute yourself, do you now understand the importance of, like, setting boundaries in your life? Uh, yeah, because uh, if you don't create limits, uh, people are just going to drain you. And then if you don't create limits or some type of structure work-wise, it's, you're going to be... Your, your body's going to tell you, hey, it's a rat. So no matter how you slice it, it's, it's, it's either going to be by your design or by your own failures. So I, I chose the latter. Yeah, um, my therapist has kind of said with the setting boundaries or just when you're trying to do your self-work or improve yourself that, you gotta have a solid foundation. And that foundation, a lot of people think it involves other people, but it really starts with you. So if you were gonna build a house and you wanna get the best bricks and you're putting them together, you can't let people kinda come over and say, hey, you know, let me borrow a brick. Because the majority of them will not. It's like what you said, they will drain you. And then they're not gonna bring you those bricks back nine times out of 10, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's, that's dope. Um, moving on to the next question. As a man, do you succeed at expressing your feelings and your needs? Uh, no, nah, I've always been uh, good with expressing my feelings, but if you, but that goes back to the whole boundaries conversation from your first question. If you express these feelings, these needs, but you, you don't have no boundaries or you don't tell people to enforce them, it's, it's basically like going on deaf ears. If I say, hey, 
I need Mondays to myself to recharge. And this person always wants to hang out on a Monday. I mean, and you don't stop. I mean, it, it just keeps going and keeps going. But because I've always been a vocal person, I can say what's on my mind and how I feel. I don't care who it is. But at the same time, the same time, uh, you know, I, I got uh, some more emotional emotional intelligence now to where, you, you know, maybe I do word it a little bit better when I'm speaking to other people. And I, and I definitely, you know, hold people accountable for how they talk to me. Because, uh, I mean, if you just some talking greasy, that, that's who I am. But nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm coming at you cool. So if I get any other energy besides cool, I, I take it borderline disrespectful. But then, you know, with therapy and reading the four agreements, you stop taking stuff a little bit personal, but you do set a, a heavier line. Okay, that's fair. So in what ways do you express, like, your wants and your needs? Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty blunt when it comes to, like, uh, that... And, and, and luckily, that works for the type of people I, I date or I'm around. Like, like, if I say, hey, I just need some space today, or hey, you know, uh, you know, I would like, in the next week or two, I would like to spend some time with you X, Y, Z here. Especially, especially when it comes to, like, sex, and that's such an intimate thing. I, I don't want no confusion. I don't want you to have no extra guesses, nothing. I, I mean... Of course, maybe a surprise or two, but I need to say this is what I want, this is what I'm into, so that way I don't throw you off or vice versa. Okay, so what about like your maybe emotional like wants or or needs? What if you felt like you needed to be hugged more? Or something. I don't know. Uh, by a girl that you're dating, or maybe some, yeah, a certain amount of affection. Would you be okay with well, expressing that to her? Well, I'm I'm actually the reverse. Gotcha. I, I'm I'm more of hey, I'm going through these emotions. Let me have my space right now. Even if we arguing, I'd be like, hey, let me, let me let's talk about this in an hour, so I can collect my thoughts. Because me, if I say the wrong thing, it's gonna hit you. So I. So I I really just stop myself when I'm when I'm upset if I can. Gotcha. Okay. Right. What would you say? Um, since we have been talking about like feelings and emotions, what would you say is your strongest emotion? Oh, that's easy. Anger. <laughs> oh, I can attest to that. Mm. And yeah, and like, what is your like, and what is your and what is your weakest emotion? Uh, uh, I don't, to be honest, I don't know that one. Because I can be vulnerable, I can be passionate, I can be, I can be angry as all I do. I, I, I would probably say I don't have one. Because the only one I have a, a, a trouble with is like my anger. Because my anger don't even, it go, it go past 10. And I'll be like, yo. I'm not even the same dude, so I'll be, like, chill most of the time. Because I know once I go there, there ain't, there ain't no coming back on average. So, so 
Yeah, I feel the same way, but see, for me, if I was answering it from a woman's perspective or from me, I would have to agree with you that anger is my strongest emotion, but it's also my weakest. Um, And I've learned that probably within like the past year and a half or so, almost two years, that I would say it's my weakest because it's, um, it's that thing, it's that button that um, someone knows they can use to antagonize me. So obviously that would be me letting them win, you know? So that's why I say that it's my strongest and my weakest. Um, do you, as a man, feel like you manage your emotions well? You know, I feel like, you know, with women, we're just always told half the time we're in our feelings or we're like overly emotional about stuff or we don't usually know how to manage certain ones so as as a man do you think that you manage your emotions well 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 that's the thing um i i don't i don't have a choice Mm. i mean i mean i'm i'm a six foot one black male that's i mean my angering is a is something that's categorized as, you know, a threat. And also, uh, and I talked about this on Talking Breezy, and, and this ain't no disrespect to the sisters, but if I get angry at you, you're willing to use, you know, the police and whatever else to get me because you angry. So it's like, so I gotta be like, four moves ahead of your emotions and mine just to manage on a normal day-to-day. I get mad at the wrong person. I got to pay for that with blood or, or my life. So so do you feel you do you feel like that just as a black man navigating through through society like in general? Yeah, definitely because it, it was a lot of it was a lot of whole shit. I really should have like no, not trying to be that dude. I really should have handled some people, but I know it, I, I know I know if I do it, they gonna be able to play victim. Gotcha. Cause like no, because I might it might sound crazy, but for, let's say for whatever reason, I, I meet you, you stab me, I I defend myself. They like get off of her. Like what? I'm the one with the blood wound. So basically, yeah. Okay, so basically, I just want to make sure that I'm totally comprehending what what you're conveying to me is basically that like you, as as a black man in in America, you have no choice but to manage your emotions, especially like your strongest one, like anger. So like you've got to basically keep your lid secure like you cannot let anything fly off of it because you fear because i want let me not use that word because you would rather not deal with the consequence of what's going to be waiting for you on the other side of the door if you chose not to manage your emotions gotcha yeah exactly okay like because i know i know women have it hard harder than black men i can stand on it but everybody can uh, weaponize their their gender, their philosophy, or whatever against black men. So, so it's a uh, it's 
Okay. Um, I know many times, like, we highlight, like, our losses in life. Like, just think about it. Like, when some of our celebrities are telling, are talking about their success, you know, instead of just focusing on celebrating the win, it's always about the struggle or this is what we had to do to get here or whatever. So... Out of those 13 things, you know, that Mac, the therapist, was saying he wanted black men to do more. He said he wanted you guys to celebrate your wins. So that being said, how often do you celebrate your wins in life? Like when you succeed at something? Uh, I didn't even celebrate a win until until this year. Like when I was doing Talking Greasy, when I graduated college, when... uh, uh, you know, got got into long term relationships or whatever. I never really celebrated or had the privilege of being in the moment. I really didn't learn them skills until now. Cause my thing was I went from survival mode to healing mode to broken again to heal, healing. Mm. So it was so I so I never got to relax because I'm waiting for. The, the next transition or the next whatever's coming. Wow. So it's, it's just so interesting that he, for him to say that that's something he wanted black men to do more. And compared to my guest that I had last week to ask that question, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I celebrate my wins all the time. And so I'm like, okay, great. And then to get you to come on, I guess this is obviously why Mac the Therapist feels he would like to encourage you because there's probably somebody that feels the same way about you. And I think what I love so much about what you just said, Darnell, is that you basically didn't know how to do that and that you had to learn to celebrate yourself and you didn't figure out how to do that until now, like in this very moment in your present life. Wow, that's big. Well, congratulations to you for getting there because just imagine if you had a life where you never did get there. And um, I like to give people their flowers when they come on my platform. So if you're feeling like you're winning right now, I hope you have a long streak of winning, Darnell, so that you can continue to celebrate yourself. Um, How often do you say I love you to those you love? Uh, I used to say it all the time until those words were weaponized against me. Because mm. I had a, a narcissistic uh, a parental, and that translated into, into narcissistic partners. Then I realized, okay, uh, this, this is all their manipulation uh, tactics. Then uh, when genuine people who look out for me said it I still it was still the trigger but but now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I got past that and most of those individuals are outside of my life so I don't have to be on guard like that as much so do you feel that when you consistently told those that you love that that you did love them that when you were obviously that's a moment of vulnerability you felt like they took advantage of that i mean yeah do i think it was like something nefarious no but was it a a ends to justify the means like uh like uh like when my 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 
with the parental unit, just because I quote unquote love you, they get to say whatever they want to me, how they feel, if they had a bad day, I'm the person to take it out on. I was like, no, I'm good. And then, and then the last uh, two relationships I was in, they was like that, especially the first one, because I understood where hers came from, because I seen her before she was that type of person. And then see her build up to it, and I knew we'll build up to it, and I really couldn't help her past that point because then it became a personal thing. And then I just stuck around because I didn't want this person to be, uh, be to get the karma of their own actions back mm. and deal and deal with all that alone. But then I had to uh, I had to leave that person. But again, this is a, this is a narcissistic person. They don't learn. They just keep uh, having the same problems, or they adjust based on who they around. Uh, and uh, basically, want to come back in my life just just to basically punish me for leaving in the first place for a healthy reason. So I stopped messing with that person. Then the next person was was narcissistic, but not as bad as the first one, just not, uh, narcissistic in the point that whatever she needs goes first. Okay. I was like, nah. And she and she was a, a, a liar and manipulator, lied about her age, lied about all this. There was a few things that was uh, true about her, and, and I helped her, uh, tried to help her with certain parts of her life, but then again, she's a narcissist. Uh, nothing is her fault. She's never wrong, and uh, I, I, I got away again. I was like, no, I'm not putting up with this. And I realized the pattern, and I said, okay, I'm not going back to this pattern. Okay. So do you think that you could see yourself getting back to a place where you will feel like you can tell people that you love them more? Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely okay, that's great. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's just who I am. Like, I do I do random acts of kindness all the time. Matter of fact, uh, don't, don't hit me up with the bullshit, but I'm, like, during this whole pandemic, I randomly sent people $5, $15, $20. So, for whatever reason, groceries, food, whatever, I, I've done that. Like, I can literally screenshot after... To, to prove that I, I just do stuff like that. But at the same time, if I feel like you're horn me, or if I feel like that's the only reason you fuck with me, then I'm like, right, come on. So, do you think that you prefer to express love for those that you love through your actions and not so much just mouthing, I love you? Uh, I, think, I think it's both. Okay. To me, I think, to me, love is a verb. Because, I mean, because there's no way you can tell me you love me and you don't show me that or you don't prove that in some type of okay. form of action. Now, I'm going to flip them and reverse this real quick. Do people tell you that they love you often? Um, Yeah. Uh, a lot, actually, and it's kind of it's kind of weird because again, 
Bible and being misunderstood to to uh, uh, peace and growth. Mm. And it, I don't I don't always appreciate those, but uh, but I definitely I definitely like screenshot them and, and keep them, the the compliments I get because you know it's it's important to me to to give value and feel value. Mm. I hear that. Uh, next, um, how do you feel about the topic of protecting black women? Because Mac, the therapist, was saying he would like to see um, black men protect black women more. Well, and th- well, this is going to be a hot take, but uh, let's, let's keep it a book. I mean, all black women don't deserve that privilege. I mean, and then that's kind of fucked up to say, but again, that, just like the scenario I told you, if you, for whatever reason, stab me and, and now I got to defend myself and I hit you back. I mean, I mean, you just stabbed me. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, if I'm there and I know both of y'all, I'm going to stop it. But then it, but then again, I know, I've literally been to a funeral where a black man has looked out for a black woman. They came back and shot that dude for looking out for that woman. So it's a, and let's really talk about it. Not all, but some black women will set, set up a fight for you, then leave when, it, when the fight starts. So, so you, so you basically putting your neck on the line for somebody who wouldn't return the favor. Okay. So, and I, I, I would encourage uh, dudes to look out for black women on general principle, but let's keep it a book. Just like I told you earlier, uh, the black man has to defend himself against everybody. The black child, the black mother, he's hated all across the board. And then, and then still asked to leave while the woman actually wants to leave with no accountability. But all the praise and the accolades of a leader. if there was, okay, I can definitely understand your perspective. Um, There are some black women that do behave poorly. And, um... They probably shouldn't go in the category of who I think we're talking about may need the protection. However, I guess let me give a a case scenario. I think there was like a video going around of like some fight that broke out at an airport. And they all kind of jump in each other. And I think this woman kind of hit this guy in between it. And then, you know, she really wasn't trying to hit him. But he got upset because he got hit and he started to try to like drag her and then another black man who was just sitting watching it at that point he let everybody fight when it was just the proper gender you know girl against girl guy against guy but once the brawl turned into like a guy you know kid and this girl and they were black and yeah he got up and he just went over there and like you know kind of pushed the brother away and then just held the sister tight you know to to kind of protect her so how? What are your feelings or thoughts about a scenario like that as far as protecting black women? Uh, well, I'm, well, if if like, cause you know, I I, I have a sister, and, mm-hmm. and me and my sister, 
our 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 policy is if, if we gotta fight, we gotta fight. If we gotta shoot, we gotta shoot. Gotcha. That, that that's how we operate. I I can't speak on on y'all because we in Texas. That's a whole nother wild wild west. Right. So uh, uh, if it was in that situation or just a girl who has to doesn't feel safe around certain dudes, I'll help because I used to do security and I. And I and I see plenty of girls with the, the shook face walking next to dudes and all that. So, so I, I can recognize it, and I know. Well, that's that great. It's a very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable situation, and it gets it gets bad real fast sometimes, and it, it sucks. But again, and again, that goes back to the whole: do they deserve it? Don't they deserve it? Because that because if if I I, I'm gonna help regardless, but if I see you doing some bull, I'm. It. I mean, once I once I get you out the, uh, the paint, I mean, we definitely gonna talk about it. Cause my thing is, and we gotta uh, hold everybody accountable. The uh, the dude who did the bullshit and the girl who may or may not have started something. Cause we don't know. We just we just see a woman in distress, and, and and that's all we need to see if we if we grown men. But at the same time, I mean it's a it's a sticky situation because we lose either way. So it, so we just got to figure out if it's worth it later. Because my thing is I'm gonna protect the black woman because that's where where I'm cut from. But again. My life is on the line. Freedom is on the line. So that's that's a big price tag to ask somebody who, who don't know you. Right. Yeah. Um. I, would I saw a nice gesture um on social media because you know how black women the past like what was that like two weeks or so the whole bonnet conversation and we've been getting dragged. For, you know, wearing the bonnets out in public. And then there were some guys who came together, like, on Twitter and took pictures, like, wearing bonnets, saying they stand, you know, a black woman and the freedom for them to go outside, you know, however they please. And I thought that that was a very nice gesture as far as trying to protect black women and as as opposed to, you know, continuing the narrative about, oh, we look ghetto or we look like this, you know, if we wear bonnets. So I thought that that was nice. Um, speaking of, um, I know we're protecting black women, not standing up for black women. How well do you stand up for yourself when you need to? Um, as far as words go, I, don't, I really don't give a fuck what most people talk about. So most people think I'm being timid or weak. Gotcha. When really, I just don't give a fuck what you're talking about. <laughs> and, but sometimes that makes people. But sometimes that makes that empowers weak people to try me. Gotcha. And then, then once uh, I shut it down, that's the end of the conversation. It's not even like I'm Mister Get Bad. Right. It's just like, like I said, I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. That's why I don't ever listen to you. Cause, cause, cause I'm. I'm a sad for real, for real. Like, yes, I know that you're you're a Sagittarius. I think our birthdays are like two days apart, right? You're December third, is it? Yeah, 
Yes, and I'm December 1st. I remember. Yep. Yeah, but before before we even speak, nine times out of ten, I already know at least three or four details about you anyway. And I ain't looking you up nothing. I just was watching and listening to you. Gotcha. Yeah, so, well, I don't. So it, it's funny because when we we got to this thing about you know he wants to encourage black men to stand up for themselves more, and there are black men who are pushed in a corner, like in corporate America, who won't stand up for themselves. They may just let some things slide. So I get it, but it's funny because when I knew this question was coming, I was like, this probably is one I should bypass because just from my experience, just even with listening to you and personal anecdotes and stuff you would share on Talking Greasy. Yeah, I never got the impression that you had an issue standing up for yourself. Um, well, well, I mean, well, actually, I, I got to that point because I didn't sometimes. Ooh, okay. Because, I mean, it did happen. I mean, it, it's happened at jobs where people try to, uh, try to punk me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not happening. Gotcha. So, I mean, people people always try it. It's just nobody want to pay the piper. Gotcha. People are very okay with screwing you over, but until corporate hear it or you about to whoop their ass or something like that, then they want to act magically they get sense out of nowhere. Right. So, so, yeah, I mean, people tried it, but I made it through a lot, man. To get to this point, so I, I'm not breaking that easy. I hear that. Um, when was the last time you've done something outside of your comfort zone? Um, man, that is. Um, I would, I would guess. I went to a convention earlier this year to learn about uh, real estate and stuff like that. So uh, I'm probably going to be trying that soon, uh, soon or later this year. Either, either uh, I don't want to get into full details, but I give myself some uh, uh, put some foot into real estate, some kind of way, because they got real estate, digital uh, real estate. There's a whole lot of things shifting and I know being a being a millionaire is gonna get a little bit more easier. So I think I think it's my time to start uh trying other things. Okay. Good. So that means that you're you're already doing something that he wants black men to do more to step outside of their comfort zone and, and try new things. Um so would you consider yourself a work in progress? Uh, can you repeat that? Sure. I said, would you consider yourself a work in progress? Uh, the one thing I need to take a leap on? I mean, and like, when you think of terms of I'm like, a- like, self-improvement or, or constant self-work like do you think like you're you're constantly doing that every day like trying to be a better you oh well uh, i would i would say three things uh, my first one is being consistent okay i can i can do good things i can 
do good things, but like in spurts. Gotcha. Not not consistently. So that's uh, the main one. The second one, uh, more more med- more meditating. I'm getting better with it as far as like affirmations and stuff because that really helps keep my uh, my mind right. And then uh, third thing I really need to work on is. Uh, I need to, I need to, I need to stay outside of my, my comfort zone. Cause that's, uh, cause if you get too comfortable, then you start slipping. Mm. Okay. So basically, you know, you're becoming more aware of self and the things that you need to work on, which is to be more consistent. Um, and to meditate or give yourself like those words of affirmations, you know, and um, to stay outside of your comfort zone. That's good. Um, I know a lot of people, you see like a lot of females, obviously talking about self-care like online and stuff. So as a man, do you do anything for self-care? Uh, yeah, I do, I do therapy, I oh. do, I, I do uh I do some walking and, and some jump rope and then uh third third thing I do is uh I write down what I'm grateful for or or an idea or an idea I have like every morning that way oh gratitude that way that's, that's gratitude the, okay yes yeah that set the tone for the day because I used to. I used to start the day with one of those, uh, how is today going to go type mentalities. But once I started with gratitude and or writing an idea I got, it always helps a little bit more. Okay. Um, the next question, well, the next point, I guess, that he, that he wanted to, to encourage black men to do more was to go to therapy but you've made reference to that um a few times um so far during during this episode so what made you want to take that first step to say that you were going to go to therapy as a black man because it's very rare to to kind of hear that a black man has gone to therapy oh well it was well i've always been introduced to it like i think i went first the first time I went, I was like five. Okay. So, so it's not that it it was introduced to me early, so it didn't seem like a bad thing. I see. But okay. then, then by the time I went to college and therapy was included in my tuition, I was like, and, and I'm one of those uh, self improvement, uh, self aware type of guys. Okay. So I was like, okay. Okay, it's free, and all I got to do is give up an hour, an hour of my time. Uh, I, I really don't have an excuse not to use it. So would you encourage other black men to go to therapy? Uh, to be honest, I would, I, I would put it on a person-by-person basis. Gotcha. Because I don't want therapy. I don't want therapy to be the end all be all because therapy means nothing if you're not self aware. Mm. Speak on it. That is so and, true. And, 
Or if you're not willing to do the work, you can sit, you know, with a therapist and talk about whatever you're struggling with. But if it's not combined with, you know, that that footwork, that shadow work, self work, yeah, it's not it's not going to be effective. You're wasting yeah. you and the therapist time. Yeah, yeah and, and, it, and then uh, some people do this because people do what they this. If you're not being honest, I mean, they can't help me because if you're mm. talking about all these issues you got and, and it's a lie, or, or if you don't have that self-awareness, then mm. you're just going to go in, in a weird circle. Well, thank you for sharing that um, about about therapy. Um, next uh, thing, I uh, said he wanted black men to forgive themselves more. Do you forgive yourself for the mistakes you've made in the past? Uh, no. No? Well, why not? No, I, I, I don't because at the time, uh, I forgive myself for being that person that went through that, but I don't forgive myself because at the end of the day, uh, those help make me who, who I am, but at the same time, I, I lost a lot of time with those lessons. Mm. And I don't care, I don't care if, if you give me a if you gave me a billion dollars or live an extra hundred years and look like this, I'm taking the hundred years. Cause that that's way more valuable than uh, money. There's the, the, the some things you can't trade, like uh, like you, how much time you got on earth, your soul, your peace of mind. Those those are things I'm re- I'm I'm disappointed at myself that I let go so easily. Something that was so free and so it's been around. And, and needs to be around in my life, mm-hmm. I, I didn't appreciate. So I paid, gotcha. I paid the price for it. Wow. That was a that was a different perspective. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all. But I now you got me kind of thinking about it. Um, hmm. Well, how accountable are you as a man? Issues admitting when you're wrong. Uh, 
There's only one more thing left that he encourages um, black men to do more of, and that is to be their authentic selves. So, would you say in this very moment, Darnell, that you are living as your authentic self? Uh, definitely, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm two shakes from the bottom, mm. but, still, but still climbing. So I, I I have I have nothing to hold me back from not being myself. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it just uh, it just uh, doesn't. Uh, I just told myself I don't I don't want to live like that. I don't want to sit up in here and be with an office or network with people who don't really fuck with me or don't really hang with me like that. Cause I mean, what, what's the point? Like, I never understood that for people who was, you know, I wouldn't say fake, but they just go along to get along with stuff because I, I just can't, I just can't sit up here and pretend to be somebody else all day. Mm. I, that, that, that sounds so draining to me. Right. I, and, and, and I've done that before, and I told myself way back when I was 17, I'm like, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not doing that. Wow. So you so you made the, the conscious decision to live authentically as early as the age, did you say 17? Yeah, because wow. at 17, I was, in, uh, I was in high school, and, you know, everybody was doing the whole, you know, trying to be in the clique, trying to be fake to be friends, faking who they are. And I was like, you know what? I did the fake shit. I I tried it. And <laughs> I was like, no, nah, that, that just ain't me. Right. It's I'm, I'm yeah. It's a lot of pressure. I'm not. I'm not. That's a fact. Yeah, to, to live like that, if you're constantly worrying about what other people are gonna think, you know, about about their their opinions, you know. With anything, like, okay, if you decide you want to quit your job, maybe you've been at that company for 15 years, and you decided you want to quit and that you're just going to sing, and maybe, you know, do that. You're living your authentic self, and even though some people are going to look at you and might think that you're crazy, what does it matter? You know, you really have to, you know, being true to yourself is, I think, the 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 reward of um, of living your, your authentic self. I mean, because to get up every day and and be mad at other people who lie to you, but you lie to yourself, that's a dangerous game to be playing. And I think, you know, in order to 
to be your authentic self, you have to be true to yourself. I mean, yes, it, but I gotta, I gotta keep it real. Sometimes it really do suck being the uh, being the uh, the different one. But then again, it's it's always kind of cool because nobody can ever relate to you. And I don't know. I feel. I feel like I feel like if you get into that space where you're that authentic, nobody else can really beat you. I really feel like uh, a little bit special, and I and I and I like that feeling. I, it's, it's, as much as a lot of things are the same in this world, to be a little bit different and to be good, uh, good for uh, the people you around and everything else. I really like that feeling. Yeah, it's funny because I, um, to kind of piggyback off what you're saying just from a different angle, when you were talking about like being different or maybe sometimes feeling like the outcast because you aren't necessarily getting mixy. And that also leaves you to being misunderstood a lot of times. And I know you mentioned that earlier this episode. Um, you've mentioned it on Talking Greasy. I've even mentioned it on this podcast plenty of times about being misunderstood and I don't even talk about being misunderstood anymore because I think what it is is that um I'm going to keep being my authentic self and instead surround myself with people that get me and if I'm not somebody's cup of tea I'm gonna just keep it moving because there is nowhere written that says I have to talk to somebody or I have to work hard to get them to understand me I'm not doing that that's exhausting you know but I get it because yeah. there's there's definitely been times I felt like, yeah, I'm the oddball or something or I'm the one that people want to single out or I have to be the loner or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. But then again, that goes back to the, to, you know, my self-growth and peace of mind. It's like, why am I working this hard to get the approval of people who don't like themselves and don't get to be themselves? Anyway, right, right. Half the people I know, my my mom has always said that, you know, um, Kenesha, of course, my mom doesn't call me Kay. You know, like, half the people who you talking about don't like you, they don't even like themselves. And it's so true. It, it is It is so true. But I will not take up... Um, too much of your time i thank you so much for coming on um i was actually i got some takeaways i mean i was writing stuff down i don't know you probably i don't know if you could see it yeah as you were as you were speaking you know i that's what i like about podcasting because when you do have a guest on there's always something that you can you can take away from it and um I do have one final question that has nothing to do with, with the interview, but are you ever going to come back to the podcasting community? Um, no, because uh, I don't, if I'm just being transparent, mm -hmm. I really, I really don't have, I really don't have nothing to give. So you feel like you really did everything I, that I, you could? Uh, well, possibly, because when Talking Greasy went offline, even though it ended in 2020, uh, people who were close to me or who watched the Talking Greasy uh, on Facebook, we we uh, 
talking to each other and having honest conversation. So I, t- I took that to Facebook, a Facebook group forum, put ask questions every day, and I got people oh. to talk to each other. Some some of them people, some of them people, I ain't putting nobody business out there. Right. Some of them people dated each other. Some people, you know, started uh, doing uh, creative things together business things together so I took what Talking Reason was meant for put it in a group and then I ended it earlier this year in January and and those people were pissed at me literally pissed at me because they was like how you gonna end the group how you gonna end Talking Reason the podcast how you gonna end all this I was like listen I did what I was meant to do you met you met the people you were supposed to meet you had the conversations you didn't want to have and, and I did it up until the group got officially born, and I ran out of ideas. So, so if you, there's if beauty you in you saying that. I mean, I'm of course me having been been a fan fan of the show, um, and just to tune in and oh man, just the, the the stuff you would say, just the guests that you would choose. You always seem like you can pick the right guests to bring on your platform to talk about whatever that topic was. It was just, it was never a dumb moment. It was, it was, it was rawness. It was, it was comedy, honesty, transparency, a safe place. You know, you, I would, of course, I was sad when I saw that the episodes weren't getting uploaded. I didn't know why. But now that you explained what you did and how you phased yourself out of it, then I think you did what you were supposed to do. Because even the fact that I could come back and ask you to, like I call it, come out of retirement or whatever for this, that just goes to show, you know, you you made your mark. People people know who you are, you know. Um, but I get it. And I don't know when I'm going to get to that point in my journey of podcasting, but hearing you say that, I don't fear being on on, on that side. And it's not that you don't love it or anything anymore. It's just yeah. you you did what you what you needed to do. Like and your journey was done there. I get it. I respect it. Well, I appreciate that because my thing is, uh, I rather I rather leave on a good note than than be the guy who's trying to be the guy he was twenty five years ago, five years ago, it's like, it's like, you know, like, bro, you're not in that mode. Just like, uh, just like, uh, who's a perfect example of that? Uh, you remember, uh, well, uh, two people, Kanye West and Lupe Fiasco. Yes. Uh, Kanye is always giving us the new version of him. Lupe is giving us what he gave us years ago. Right. You see how which uh, which one lasts longer, whether you like like the new product or not. Right. Hmm. Yeah, you got to think about that. Hmm. So wow. It basically, depends on how you want to leave. Hmm. Well, thank you for dropping that, Jim. I I appreciate it. Um. Well, obviously, yeah, you don't really do the social media much. Um, guys, where you can find Darnell's on Instagram is at Talking Greasy. Um, and yeah, I guess we are out.
until next time. And I wish you nothing but peace, prosperity, and blessings on all your future endeavors, Darnell.